Listeners, welcome to another episode of Forrest Gump Minute, your weekly podcast where we talk about the movie Forrest Gump, four minutes at a time. I'm your co-host, Rob, joined, as always, and for the last time on this project, by my good friends, Joe and Duff. It's the end <laughs> of the road. <laughs> We uh Ahoy. We we are we are cheating. We're cheating a little bit. Uh we're doing this four minutes at a time. We are actually talking about minutes one thirty seven to one forty two. They are all credits. It seemed silly to break it up into two to talk about credits. If they wanted um, us to talk about it longer, they should have added bloopers. Yep. Yeah, bloopers would have been. Sam fun. Jackson should have shown up and recruited <sighs> Forrest Gump to to the Avengers. <laughs> I refuse I refuse to watch post credit sequences. I refuse to do it. I'm not a big fan. Yep, I'll leave the theater. Even if I know there's one, I'm like, I'm I'm leaving. I'm not sitting here for six minutes to watch some clip. I'll just that obviously is not important enough. Um, Yeah, I'm 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 gonna side with you on this. I'm not not a fan. Yeah, what do you think, Joe? Uh, I don't have strong feelings one way or the other. I guess just for the sake, just to embrace debate. Oh yeah, I. (laughs) <laughs> and and I, I'm having trouble even mustering up the energy to do this, but it does compel you to sit through the credits, and maybe it means one more person reads the gaffer's name or something, and, and it's <laughs> nice that the people at the end of the credits maybe get a little more attention, but I also know that everyone's just staring at their phone the whole time so, waiting. Uh, not quite the same, but I do miss... I, I feel like Duff's going to be on my side on this. I miss credits before a movie starts yeah but those wouldn't include all those no they yeah, would not that's, talking about you that know? that's only the the a level yep. talent there but i still uh, like it only only daughter diddlers like woody allen still do that so. <laughs> <laughs> jesus stepdaughter joe <laughs> what, uh, what, what, uh, what is the second part of that word um so i yeah i i do i love a good opening credit sequence but yeah but yeah, not not done anymore. Yeah, you're right. I always feel bad. Uh, I mean, like whenever like cable movies are on, and then like the movie ends, and then it like goes into like the little like quarter screen, and like the credits are just flying by. And I'm yeah. like, that's that seems like this is not yeah, okay. Yeah, I I don't I don't like that, especially you know the obviously none of us are watching live TV that much anymore, but, but like back in the bit day, like you'd be watching something like, <laughs> like Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. TNT. And, TNT is a great culprit in this. It just flies yeah. by. And mm-hmm. it would be like that, that beautiful scene of them on the beach. And it's like, I would like to see my friends like stay tuned for an episode of law and order. On TNT. <laughs> <laughs> That's the credits are just fly just by fly. the tiny. Stay part. tuned for an episode of the brainist. <laughs> Uh, it's like yeah, right, just well, just give us like thirty seconds to just kind of like you know bask in whatever we've seen. So you, so you guys would both kind of go for that cl- class like Hollywood uh, classic Hollywood studio style of like the just straight credits. Yeah, I like yeah. it. I like I, it. You get a music, you get like a little bit of like establishing shots. You sort of set a tone, kind of settles you in a little bit. I like it. Oh well, I thought you meant like where it was not. So you mean like over the top of actual movie footage having the credits going? Yeah, I, yeah. I meant like actual like legit credits like scrolling oh, over the screen. You know, no. like like old movies do, or like uh, Woody Pervert Allen's movies do. That's what I thought you meant. Yeah, I don't mind that either. Um, especially if it's an old western and they got to play the song that was written just for the western. 
Um, but well, like, well, so or or like or like, you mean like kind of like James Bond style, where it's actual like filmed yeah. images that go with it. I, I, yeah. I like the original production credit sequence. I, I feel like the last really great one was Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, that's I, a really good one. I actually watch that. It is a really great opening credit sequence. Yeah, it is. The King is probably David Fincher for those. I think he does the best ones. Yeah. I, I just uh, rewatched Panic Room kind of on a whim. Ooh, I love Panic Room. And uh, that one has... Uh, great openings, uh, opening credit graphics and stuff. I had totally forgotten how cool they are. I like yeah. the, I mean, probably one of my favorite movies. I've talked about it too much, but uh, I think Zodiac has really good ones too. Um, just the way it's paced and it, but not as like um, graphically interesting as Panic Room though. Well, it's really cool. We're talking about the opening credits during these closing. Anything credits. but this stupid <laughs> movie. Who cares? God. All right. Well, before before we get to our final thoughts on the movie and other things, I want to jump into a question we have not gotten into. Um, let's talk about the Oscars. Yeah, because uh, I don't I don't want to talk about all of them, but essentially Forrest Gump was nominated for thirteen and it won six. Yeah. Um, this is the sixty seventh Academy Awards for those who have your ballot. I want to only talk about the like big four that it was nominated. So best picture, best oh, director, see, best the actor, lesser, the, best the other people in the credits disrespected again. Yeah, that's fine. Rob's anti union. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, let's start with uh, Best Screenplay. This one, uh, Best Screenplay based on material previously produced or published. Obviously, we've talked a lot about the Forrest Gump book. So, here this are the nominees. Probably, I, I think this is the most egregious win of, of all of the wins it got, probably. Okay, so here, we're only going to talk about based off what's nominated. We're not going to like go into other things that year. Yeah, that's uh, right. So, Forrest Gump, The Madness of King George, Nobody's Fool, Quiz show in the Shawshank Redemption. You're a voter. Who are you voting for on this? I've never seen The Madness of King George, but that's one of those movies where it's like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I um, forgot it until I read it. I, I, I've, I couldn't tell you who's in it. And nobody's fool. I, I, that's one of those where I just don't even understand why I haven't watched it because I love Paul Newman. Uh, but that's I, another like VHS cover I remember seeing all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I remember a lot of commercials for that, and I know nothing about it. So I think that Forrest Gump, Quiz Show, and Shawshank Redemption are basically all three of the same sort of middle-brow kind of movie. But Targeting I think boomers. Yeah, but I think it's I think it's been a while since I saw Quiz Show, and I, I don't really have anything negative to say about it. I remember it being good. Yeah, me too. But, I mean, I, Shawshank Redemption is pretty close to, like, a perfectly solid movie. It's just everyone at this point has just seen it too many times, so you kind of don't appreciate how tight and how good it is. Mm-hmm. But it's extremely well. It's a, it's just a good story. It, I mean, I I am reasonably sure it's a five star movie, but I have no idea how to look at it objectively. It's just burned into our consciousness because it was on TV so much. It's like a Christmas song that you don't even. It's like not even a song yeah. anymore. Yeah, you, but you can't uh, even think of it in terms of craft. That said, I did um, see it was like streaming on something, and I I don't know I'd had a bad day or something, and it's like there's something comforting about movies like that where you've seen it a million times and it, mm-hmm. you know it's solid. And uh, I was like, God, oh, this is really good. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with this movie. The, um, it's so yeah. I mean, Shawshank Redemption kind of delivers the same sort of mood as Forrest Gump, I think maybe less funny for sure, obviously, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. it's, it, it's, it's pushes the, 
Bob, it's a it's a movie made for adults, I guess, right? Which is too rare these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, Quiz and, Show would be, and too. it does it way better than Forrest Gump. And I would say Quiz Show is. I'm assu- I'm going to say is also better than Forrest Gump, just because the owner of the Brewers, uh, or the brother of the owner. Shoot, now I can't remember. Brother of the owner. Oh wrote wow. It. Yeah, Paul Adonazio is. I had no idea. Is that is a fun of, fact. Is the brother, and he, technically, in a way, he's my boss for my part-time job. So, okay. actually, I changed my answer. A quiz show should have won, and I should, <laughs> get a, and I should get a raise. I'm voting for Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, I think I'm going to Shawshank. Yeah, same here. Um, okay, so uh, let's go to best director. I'm kind of going from what I think will spark the most conversation. Best director, um, we've got. Zemeckis for Forrest Gump. We have Woody Allen for Bullets Over Broadway. What a weird Woody Allen movie to get nominated for Best Director. In, in this cancel culture, Me Too, uh, rightfully, people, <laughs> you know, we don't really watch stuff anymore. Woody Allen is one I'm so guilty of. I still enjoy Woody Allen movies. Yeah, that's fine. Um, it's because you're it, a pervert. <laughs> it's still very strange that <laughs> Jennifer Tilly has an Oscar nomination because of that movie. Like, it I, is. And, I, and I've seen a lot of Woody Allen movies. I don't think I've seen Bullet Over Broadway and if bullets of Broadway and if I have I don't remember it. I have it is and it is just like all of his other like nineties early two thousand stuff. It, it it does not stand out and it, it's super weird how people talk about that as one of his better ones. Um, we've got Tarantino for Pulp Fiction. We have Robert Redford for Quiz Show, and we have God. I'm gonna mispronounce this, so Joe help me out here. Kristoff's Kozlowski. Um, for Red. Yeah, I think it's Slavski. Uh, Slavski. Okay. All right. So, what? Are, you're, you're a voter here. What are you picking? What are you picking here? And here's the thing I will say about my ballot: the fact that I am doing this ballot all at once does affect what I do. So, like, I will try to like find wins for movies that I like. I don't know. I don't know if that. But if it's considering it's one ballot, like, if are, we you, won are best you just going to write in clerks for everything? No. <laughs> No, I just mean like there's a lot like this movie. This there's like some good. There's some pretty good movies on this list. I have not seen Red. It's very good. Quiz Show. I remember being perfectly fine directing. What Redford I, does. I'm bas- I'm basic. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm basing this on other Redford movies I've seen. I mean, this movie is well directed, but mm-hmm. it's given that it's like probably not even Zemeckis's like third or fourth best directed movie. I'm probably going with Tarantino. What about you, Joe? Even though I'm like okay. probably the like the softest Tarantino, Tarantino supporter fan. of yeah, like that's true of like film people. He's he's fine. Uh, well, I did listen to the pronunciation. Pronunciation. It's Shishtof, she's Kislovsky. Something like Shishtof, I was Kislovsky. way off. <laughs> uh, so, I was way off too. Shishtof Kislovsky. I would say he probably should have won. I mean, like, I would say it's real close yeah, between I, I, him and Tarantino, but at least we know with Shislowski, it's like something like significantly more original that we're also much more confident that he did on his own. And <laughs> especially with Pulp Fiction, it's like, well, how much of that is Tarantino? How much of it is Avery? And I know that's maybe more the writing part of it. But I'm always like, has it, I, I really enjoy Tarantino's movies, but it's like... Uh, he he's really standing on the shoulders of giants a lot with with his movies for obvious reasons, right? But but I I, I think between Shislavsky and uh, Tarantino, both of those are worthy winners. 
Um, yeah, I actually think Zemeckis. I kind of agree with Dove. I don't think Zemeckis is a bad pick here necessarily. Um, I think the direction is one of the strong parts of Forrest Gump. Um, Pulp yeah, Fiction. I, I I love Pulp Fiction, but I don't. I, I think you know. To me, it's like the screenplay and acting that's like really incredible in that movie. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Red as well. I'm not gonna yeah. say his name because I. But I, I just like that's a movie that. That's <laughs> that's a movie that you watch and you're like, wow, this is this is. This is a thing. This is like it's a, a work of art. Doing I mean, things. Yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. I, I that, that so. But uh, it, guess, but it's also one I of those where red. like, it's also one of those where like the the academy would never let him win. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's go. Let's let's, let's get a little spicy here. Um, let's go best actor. All right. We have uh, Tom Hanks for Forrest Gump, Morgan Freeman for Shawshank, Nigel Hawthorne for The Madness of King George. Paul Newman in Nobody's Fool and John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. What are we going with here? I'll start with this one, if, if you okay. guys don't mind. So I'm going to have to limit it to the three I've seen. Mm-hmm. And I've always thought that John Travolta should, like, there are a small group of people who think he should have won. I think that's really weird because he's, like, just playing himself. Like, I don't, I don't really think there's anything. He's good. Yeah. No, but Samuel, I, like, I don't it's weird that he I don't know what determined him getting best actor nomination and not Samuel Jackson. Well like what are there any scenes with Samuel Jackson on his own? No. I don't think there There's is. Only, I I think it's probably yeah, it's because So John Travolta has all those scenes with Uma Thurman. That's yeah. so he's in the movie a lot more. Yeah, I guess you're right. But Samuel Jackson's way better than him in that movie. That's not even close. Yes. I, I think Morgan Freeman is the clear winner here. I think he's by far gives the best performance out of out of the three that I've seen. But yeah, Duff, what do you got here? Yeah, I don't know. This one's kind of hard because I've the same three for me. I have not seen Nobody's Fool. I've not seen The Madness of King George. Um, I think Tom Hanks is working the hardest, mm-hmm. which that I'll agree gives, with. Gives him. A little edge. Morgan Freeman. This is again. I, I I can't think of this movie objectively, but I want to say Morgan Freeman is doing what he always does, which I like. But yeah. I I don't know. Basically, I'm just going by weird outsider thoughts now because, you know, it's like Travolta. He's not that great. Like Joe said, he's just playing himself, but. Tom Hanks already has an Oscar, so I might I might go with Travolta. Wow, you're gonna give Travolta best actor. Oscar. See, okay. Travolta here is one of those like uh classic Academy nominations where it's not that they're that great. It's that they're famous they're, but it's been a really long they, time. Yeah. It's been a really long time since they were in a good movie and now they're finally in one, so it's like, oh, it must be because they were good. Good it's for like, well, you. It's, yeah, it's the good for you nomination. Yeah. See, similarly, um, uh, I I also am huge Paul Newman fan. Probably my favorite actor of the the new Hollywood era. Um, but something about this this kind of smells like how Meryl Streep gets nominated for literally anything she does, just because she's lived long enough, yeah. and people, and you know. But except with Newman. I know he won for The Color of Money, but I feel like this is still like, oh, we really should have given you one for, like, something in the 1960s. We're sorry. For HUD. 
Yeah, for you should have you should have gotten one for Cool Hand Luke, or Cat in the Hot Tin Roof, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna nominate you for this. So uh, maybe I'm totally wrong, but uh, you know that I like how we're I like how much thought we're putting into this. <laughs> yeah. Well, what else? Because like, we don't have to talk about the movie. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, to me, actually, I I think it's clear. I think it's Tom Hanks, guys. Because without, like, if you put other, if you put average actor in all these other roles, they're fine. You put an average actor in as Forrest Gump and Forrest Gump, and by God, we've yeah. got a real disaster on our hands. That's fair. That's a fair argument. I think uh, any of the yeah, any of these any of the at least with the other two of the three I've seen, you know, you could. I think you could probably find someone else. Imagine John Sasha. Travolta as Forrest Gump. It would be awesome. <laughs> it would be so good. Uh, it would be so good. I'm trying just even the idea yeah, like of him doing a southern accent. Oh my god. Uh all right. So the final one uh is best picture. We have Forrest Gump one. Um obviously he's one they won all these ones we've talked about. Four weddings and a funeral. Pulp Fiction, Quiz Show, and Shawshank Redemption. It's the only movie we haven't talked about is Four Weddings and a Funeral, which, God, I forget about how big of a hit that movie was. I've, n- I've never seen it, but I remember that was a whole thing. That, that was, was a thing, man. That was a Hugh Grant. That, People went was nuts. That, was that the, the, the big premiere of Hugh Grant in America, at least? Maybe? Was not, yeah, maybe. I, was this before or after Notting Hill? Because that was the other I one. Th- I would think this is before. Yeah. Um, there's no way to find out. Nope. nope. No, we'll no, com- no computers in our pocket or anything. Yeah. Notting Hill, I think, was five years later. Oh wow. Um, I'll I'll go first here. I mean, to me, to me, like, what's interesting is like, Forrest Gump won, but you look at this list; it's not the most beloved picture, which I think is for sure Shawshank Redemption, and it's not the most influential one on here, which is Pulp Fiction. And I'm a big influence guy, so I'm gonna go with Pulp Fiction. Yeah, like my my gut said Shawshank, but then I'm like, oh, am I just blaming all the the bad stuff that happened as a result of Pulp Fiction and all the you know all the knockoffs and all the meta nonsense and forgetting mm-hmm. about how what a huge breath of fresh air that was. It was yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'll go. I'll go Pulp Fiction. Yeah, Pulp Fiction is easily the best movie out of these five. The the two things, if I as a voter, which I'm not, <laughs> I would be like, well, did it like capture the zeitgeist, which is like a big deal, and or is it a movie that like ten years from now people are still going to talk about in in like a you know in a instead of being like, oh yeah, that movie, which is like King Speech, right? No, King Speech is a fine movie. Nothing wrong with King Speech, but it's just like you know. It's just sort of like I like it. It's entertaining. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's it's, it's enjoyable little romp. Um, so guys, as we sort of wrap this up, I guess we have to ask the question. I have two questions, sort of, to like end this this podcast. Uh, well, I have a less. I have a philosophical question oh, also. But okay, we'll is, get to that. What uh, out of five stars? What do you give Forrest Gump after we've gone through this? And uh, and how does it differ from what you would have done before we started? I, f- I feel like for me it's like a a two and a half maybe three if I'm generous. Wow. Okay. And, w- and when this and when we started this, I would have guessed three and a half, possibly four. Okay. Okay. Wow, Joe. What about you? 
say probably two. Definitely, wow, yeah, right. two out of five. It's uh, yeah. it's a it's a soulless and empty film uh, that that I liked a long time ago, but that was because I was a child. <laughs> <laughs> wow, literally, I'm way more I'm way more generous than you guys. Um, uh, okay, I would I would say it's it's a it's before we started I would be four stars, maybe four and a half. Damn. But then going through it, uh, it's it's a real ride because I I still like most of the beginning. I think the the Vietnam stuff is excellent. I think we talked about that. It's, it's all very it's a very good Vietnam War film in the middle of this. Then it just I mean like that gif of that dude uh like going to wash his car and all the stuff like falling out of his hands and it's losing everything. Like I don't know what happens. Lieutenant Dan slides down some ice. Force goes on a running montage. There's just like a bunch of absurdly stupid stuff in this movie. The more you pay attention to it like we have, the more yeah. you realize how dumb a lot of it is and that for me i admire the craft and i will say it is still very watchable it is entertaining at times um it's one of the slickest production values it's i i still think tom hanks is great but it's it's just a big ball of misplaced boomer nostalgia and the biggest thing for me going through this was when I discovered not just that this movie has nothing to say, but is offering two contradictory viewpoints. So the final thing I'll say about this is as this is falling apart and I don't like it, it does come in and stick the ending for me. Um, like at the very end with Forrest and his son. And that might be like a family man, Rob talking there. So, like, th- three, three and a half stars, I feel like, is what I would give this. I, I, because of all the things you said, Duff, like, there's enough things on here. It's a pretty watchable movie for me. It is a very dumb movie and at many parts. And, and we've talked many times throughout this thing, like, God, this needs a lump cut. There are so many, there are so many ways this movie could be edited down to being a really, really, really great movie, I think. Uh, um, but I it's think- not. I think another thing I realized for the first time going through this now is if you have, if you don't have Jenny die, you don't lose anything. You don't lose anything narratively. You don't lose anything about the lessons taught. It's just, again, whether it's weird because it's from a very apolitical director but I feel like there's either consciously or subconsciously, there's still this mean conservative bent of, oh, got a punisher. This this free-spirited hippie cannot go unpunished. It's like this was made with the Hayes Code or something. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, I think that's, I think that's all valid. Um, Joe, you had a philosophical question. Well, I'm, I'm kind of somewhat sad that I didn't know about this until early this morning but maybe it's a good um good way to wrap up the show for our last episode and i i didn't know that zemeckis said about this movie 
he said this is a quote a movie about grieving i'm trying to figure out exactly what he means by that because well i I think the way it explores grief like obviously it's super simple to find the surface level reason for it it's the main character is a person who experiences a lot of grief and and, but 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 i would push back on that by saying that we don't really see him process grief in a meaningful way he so to say it's a movie about grieving i think if you're going to use that as evidence then no that's wrong because we don't see him grieving that's not what the movie is about in that sense right so we we see him give that speech at jenny's grave and that's the closest we see to him really we have 45 seconds of grieving in in a meaningful way trying to process loss right which with his mother's death like he we see him in those last moments and he has that final talk with her but he kind of just sums it up very briefly at the bus stop and he never we never really sit with him in that grief uh, right or am I, am I missing something no you're right uh you're you're right okay i guess i could argue that that's how he that's how, like his way of dealing with grief is a very like greatest generation way of dealing with grief right you just you just keep moving forward well but, but then but, but but then that's a weird thing for Zemeckis to make a movie about then right is it, because you you could explore that if you're going to if you're going to say all right my my character is going and 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 he's not a greatest generation character either though no he's a boomer no, he's not but, but but so if you're if you're going to make a movie about a failure to process grief in a healthy way then you're going to show sort of the the way the, the the way that does psychic harm to you but it doesn't do that either right why but, but you're you're saying that he failed at processing it which I don't I, think I, he does. I, I'm not saying that he does, but you are. You're, you're saying that, like, well, that's what the greater, greatest generation does is they just move on. But by doing that, yeah, I don't think it's it necessarily a failure, them. though. I don't think it's. Uh, well, uh, I guess we agree to disagree on that. I, I, I'm I think still, that. I'm, st- I'm still trying to figure out how this movie is all about grief. I don't. I I don't see it. To to bring that attitude into this movie would be totally very weird and inconsistent for the message of the movie to just be like, you just have to sort of have a stiff upper lip and just move on and grin and bear it. And I don't really think that that's the tone of this movie. Yeah. I, I, I don't see that tone, but I just think Zemeckis, like what emotion can Zemeckis like do well? Well, but again, (laughs) he's the person that said this and he didn't have to. I'm just so, and then, and then with, with Bubba, he's obviously sort of very, he, obviously he's hurt that he's gone and, and he does the right thing for his family after it's over. But again, we never really see him processing that grief in a meaningful way either. Then, so I personally just don't think like, it's not. I don't see how he could have meant it's about Forrest Gump processing grief. Is it so about boom? Is it about boomers well, grieving? So, so then I was like, well, maybe he meant something more, more broad and subtextual than that, and that it's grieving for uh, like a past that we've lost, or grieving for something that we've lost. And I, I went, I didn't rewatch the movie because I'll never do that. But I, <laughs> I kind of thought back through the movie. And I, I couldn't think of anything in the film that is worth missing in terms of 
our sort of national character or our history or our culture. Like everything that that happens is like all these fairly ugly moments in our history Mm -hmm. and in our culture. So I'm really having trouble wrapping my head around unless like unless he just has a really like kind of twisted dark point of view or just a bad person like i don't what is what are we grieving what what does he mean by that i was wondering what you guys thought i i mean i i think this just goes back to like as i kind of mentioned like zemeckis is a really good filmmaker at making fun things but i think emotionally pretty terrible in even his movies i really enjoy I don't think he nails emotional moments very well. It's very, pretty formulaic. I, I think uh, he's, in real life, he seems very boring and dad-like. I mean, he seems likable, but he's he's not like one of these directors who has a big personality. And like I feel like he's, he's just a regular dude. And, yeah, if there's an interview with him, I'm not going to be like, oh my God, can't wait to read it. Yeah. <laughs> um, that said, I do feel, I do feel like sometimes he likes to F with the press. And I wonder if this just wasn't like, sometimes he just says things for just to run with them because there's a fairly famous anecdote about, uh, uh, for back to the future too. He went on these press junkets and he talked about how the hoverboard was real and it's not, (laughs) but he, like years later is like, yeah, we just made that up because we thought it'd be fun to say that. And that's how like for year, like, there were rumors in like 1993 like oh Mattel's gonna come out with the hoverboard blah blah no I saw this interview so part of me just wonders if he was just saying something the thing is what he does a really good job of at least in my mind is kind of presents a use case of like what if we went through life not being cynical that's like Forrest Stink right he's not cynical he's he's incredibly kind and thinks the best of things and you know he's not and it's like that's kind of like to me like the humanitarian view of this movie is like what if we just as simple as it is like what if we just weren't cynical look look how everything works out for this guy by doing that now obviously real life isn't quite that simple but the message i think is 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 worthy enough as for his comment joe i really honest to god like part of this is because like i think zemeckis is a craftsman and not in a storyteller but not a very like emotional or interesting director i feel like an honest answer was like well he watched three people in his life die so of course it's about grieving i yeah, honestly I, think that's what his answer was i just don't think there's a whole <laughs> lot of depth to 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 zemeckis i, I agree with you 100 percent. but i just saw me bringing it up when maybe we we could be smart even though zemeckis isn't <laughs> i don't uh, know i mean he's he's i, I mean i, I, I just, you know, and, and in the end it, it doesn't really matter what he tried to no. do with it I, I think it does i actually i go back and forth on this but i, I do think it matters I, but i don't think it's necessarily more important than what the audience gets out of it um that yeah. you kind of have to balance those two things it's interesting it's, it's always it's yeah it's always fascinating to read what artists were trying to do or what they were thinking about it but but we're obviously free as we are in this case to say like oh boy i Maybe in the most surface way possible, but I just I, I was curious if like you guys thought maybe there's something more sinister in mind, because I think you the both of you would agree that we that a, a, a big segment of American culture t- 
does tend to like fetishize the past and think mm-hmm. that we have lost something. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah, I, I really, I really like bristle at that. It, it really upsets me a lot because like I obviously everything is terrible right now, but um, I think it's really dangerous to, to fetishize the past and, and to think that it was better because it, it, I, I think it very clearly wasn't, especially for more vulnerable people who were belong to more vulnerable groups than mm-hmm. you know the three of us do mm-hmm. and so so it just sparked all these sort of half-formed thoughts and I, I was hoping maybe between the three of us but i i think i think all three of us probably agree so it's like zemeckis probably really was just thinking like oh well his friends and family die and it makes him sad yeah yeah <laughs> that's I mean, what the movie's about i, I, I think zemeckis <laughs> i think from an emotional standpoint, Zemeckis is like Rocky Balboa in terms of like, well, what was about grieving? I mean, <laughs> I mean, is in his next movie he made a volleyball as interesting as Jenny? I mean, I just think like this is like he's just God, not a is, very like is is Wilson a more sympathetic character than Jenny? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like to me that's like Zemeckis in a nutshell and, for and all hey, the great things. Well, I, I mean, mean, he the, the he big, could make a volleyball as interesting as a woman, and, and Wilson just, leaves him too. Yep. <laughs> I mean, the big joke about Zemeckis is that he's just, uh, you know, Diet Spielberg, which is... Yeah, is which is still, like, a good brand to be a diet version of. Well, I mean, look, I I think uh, Back to the Future and Who Framed Roger Rabbit are all-timers. Just sure. as, as, oh, inno- yeah. as innovative as movies come. And I, mm-hmm. think, I think he tends to be obviously, especially in the latter half of his career, but I think he's denigrated because he's such a craftsman and because he's not, you know, he doesn't have the same artistry and the flourish as Spielberg does, but uh, he's he's about as good a craftsman as there ever was, even when he's making Drek, like even, which has been most of the last 10 to 15 years. I I think that he sort of operates on the midpoint of the continuum between George Lucas and Steven Spielberg, where like oh. George, George Lucas yeah. is sort of like, like All totally tech. emotionless and completely and <laughs> has a total and utter inability to like explore human emotion. Uh, and, and then like Zemeckis at least has a sense of humor, which I think yeah. is you can't uh-huh. have a sense of humor without at least tapping, at least having some emotional intelligence. Yeah. Although there's a lot of stand-up comedians, I guess, that would maybe push, their stories would push back on that theory, but whatever. And then Steven Spielberg, like, I, I think he's a mixed bag as well, but, like, he certainly is to, in a very overt and not necessarily very subtle way, able to tap directly into our emotional centers. But I would say yeah. even he is has a somewhat immature emotion like uh, ability. I mean, immature the whole, emotional intelligence. You the know. whole the whole thing about Spielberg is that he you know the childlike wonderment that he brings to movies. So I mean, yeah, George Lucas is like closer to Werner Herzog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I, th- I just think I just thought of it, but I think it's it, that's they, a, they that's, sort of are, you know like the 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 picture of like the ape eventually standing upright into the person. Like yeah, George yeah. Lucas is like on the far left. And I think Zemeckis is sort of in the middle. <laughs> I, actually, I actually think that's a really good uh, comparison right there because, you know, he has a lot of, and maybe at times, 
possibly surpasses Spielberg in craft, but he he never has the heart. Um, yeah, which kind you're talking of, about Zemeckis here. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, guys, do you have anything else you want to talk about for Forrest Gump? <laughs> uh, well, what are your guys' favorite tube foods? Oh. I mean, <laughs> we've talked we've talked about a lot of tube food, and I know you know, I, I know Rob said cannolis at one point. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Like, I mean, the burrito option was really good earlier, but yeah. I absolutely love love a Chicago style hot dog. It, I used to like enjoy hot dogs, but once I had a Chicago style hot dog, I was like, oh, it's, this yeah, was a it's, game changer for me. That's that's good. I'll allow that. Show. I think I think uh, Rob Dog nailed it with the burrito one. Like I I can't I really can't think of anything. I I love enchiladas too, which are technically tube foods, but they're smothered in cheese and sauce. Mm-hmm. You, you can't so really you can't, you really, can't consu- really pick you don't them up consume with your them hand. as a tube. Yeah. So yeah. So because I can't answer enchiladas, uh, I think the burrito is the is the best tube food for sure. Stuff. What do you got, buddy? Yeah. Uh, because the world is ending and everything, uh, I, I'm not gonna. You know, I could try to class it up, but uh, you know, I'm just gonna go slumming and give me give me that Toll House cookie dough, baby. Yeah, just <laughs> squeeze it into my mouth. Just, Get the cock gun. Just, Get the cock gun out. Put it in just, me. Just, <laughs> just tear. You know, snip open the end with the scissors and just go to town. Give me, <laughs> give me that cookie dough. Amazing. You, I I know I'm gonna get several. The, come on, defend this choice. You're uh, you're all going slumming with me. Come on. I don't. I I will. Ne- I don't have a single negative thing to say about it. It's delicious. I mean, right. I I'm an adult. I'm not gonna eat cookie dough. Oh, you come put, you on. eat it. You eat it in ice cream. Yeah, that's different. Someone put How in little bits for me already. How's it different? I don't just squeeze a tube. It's still raw cookie dough. When was the last time you squeezed a tube? When was the last time you squeezed a tube of cookie dough into your face hole? Well, never. Usually, but I, get, like, you, usually, <laughs> usually I use a spoon. I get, I get the. If, if 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 there was a bowl of cookie dough next to you right now, would you be able to sit through this entire? We're almost at minute fifty of recording time. Who knows if how much yeah, this absolutely. will get cut out? Absolutely, absolutely, because uh, no, you wouldn't take a spoonful of it. You wouldn't. You wouldn't lick the spoon that's in the bowl. Well, yeah, I would lick the spoon. Then what are you talking you're, you're about? The, you're the sweets boy. It would have been gone by the time you did the intro. W- <laughs> <laughs> I th- I think you're I, th- I and you this, this you're, you rarely do th- lie. Yeah, you rarely you're usually very <laughs> open about the things that you're depraved about. You are not being honest with yourself right well, now. Well, I liked my baked goods to be baked. <laughs> yeah, well, sure, I love cookies too. My cookie dough is delicious. We're talk. We're talking about tube food. <laughs> <laughs> can you make a tube-shaped cookie? I guess you could. Uh, I mean, you can. No, it's what, it wouldn't you, cook all the way through. It's not. It's not impossible. No. You just need like a weird mold that you pour <laughs> cookie dough. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you just cook? Just cook the. Uh, I guess it would melt if you just cut open the <laughs> cookie dough and just put it right on the just cookie plop sheet. The tube onto a baking sheet. And let it down. You would burn the outside of it so bad to get the Someone, inside of it. Someone, a listener, if you will do this and take a picture of the final product, <laughs> just we will Venmo you. We will reimburse you the the cost of the tube. 
Yeah, just <laughs> if you will record the process. Just just make a giant meatloaf cookie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a loaf, a cookie loaf. It sounds oh. good. Oh yeah, I want to. I'll. I, I want to see that. I want to yeah. see that. Um, Why do we? Do? Right, we should it. just do. We need to start no, producing no, video content. No, no one cares. <laughs> I, I don't mean, know. You the, can follow that same line of argument about the podcast. But I, but I in, when it comes to food stuff, like this is the type of thing where, like, you know, we get we get good mileage of this on TikTok. I'm not on TikTok. Well, we'd have TikTok if we start doing the video. Oh my god! All right, <laughs> just just a, it, it, just you putting the tube in the oven, and then it cuts <laughs> you pulling it out. It just it. it, it <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I can't even imagine what it would look like—just like okay. like a mummified penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, on that note, um, I think we're done, right? We did this, guys. Yes, we're done. No, we're more. done. So, <laughs> listeners, guess, two yeah, things: yeah. two things you need to know. I do not have another minute by minute or four minutes at a time or whatever. Although I do enjoy this format, and if we were in the future to do something. I think it's fair to say it would not be a minute at a time. It would be some sort of thing like this. So hopefully you enjoy this weekly versus daily. Number two or three, uh, we are going to uh, keep recording over at a freepodcast.com. We've sort of like put it on hold for a while so that we can uh, kind of knock this out. Um, but then we already have a couple seasons lined up that it will be exciting to kind of feel reinvigorated. Uh, recording those we have a patreon which we've talked about a lot at patreon.com slash the midnight boys we have done other projects before this we did titanic minute we did uh we've done so many movies now that sometimes there'll be a movie i'm like i don't remember that movie i'm like oh wait we talked for an hour about this movie yeah yeah uh and tombstone minute and then i real quick this is going to be a laundry list but i want to thank our guests we've had all these bus stop friends claire courtney uh, Rob, Jonathan, Caroline, Meeks, George, Melissa, Jamie, Tom, Megan, Doug, Liz, Bridget, Jim, Rob, Dog. Uh, we have these people on because we enjoy uh, talking to them. They're our friends. We uh, <laughs> That's the thing that all these people have in common. These aren't just like other podcasters. We just have our friends and we have them on and it's a real delight to talk to them. And uh, this has been a fun project, even though... Uh, we don't, we don't like the movie as much as we did when we started. I had fun. Can, can we? Uh, I, I feel like is this gonna is uh, this gonna come out before our first episode of our next season comes out? Uh, Jesus, I don't know. This will come out actually. So another thing, go Depends vote. How ambitious uh, we are. <laughs> voting, voting. Yeah, when will this week. come out? Oh, this comes out, out the week before before the election. So go vote. Oh next yeah. Week. The, so our 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 season will I I'm fairly confident it will have been released by then. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you you've vote. already enjoyed and if it, so then you're laughing because you know what the season is and it is I'm assuming we haven't recorded any yet, yet but it'll be our most depraved content yet. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, we might have to get the old explicit tag out for a couple of those. <laughs> Um, all right, guys, as always, it's been an enjoying adventure to go through another massive project with two good friends. Mm. Always a big good time. Thank you for giving me a little distraction as the world ends around us. Yes, we started this before the pandemic and we will end it still during a pandemic. So, <laughs> um, great job. Go vote next week and, uh, go to a free podcast. And we will have more content for you. Hey!
Once more they ride home.